We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Where's the tackle? Watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, we, we include some fantasy football stuff in there, too, because this is a Rotoviz podcast. But uh, we want to make sure that everyone can enjoy listening to the show. Last week, we talked about Hall of Fame playmakers and top young NFL studs that are already on a Hall of Fame pace and this week we'll dive into some of the 2020 breakout players that we're excited for in college football believe it or not despite all the bumps and cancellations and crazy drama of college football over the last couple months we're actually less than a week away from real college football so we'll tackle some of the NFL breakouts 
uh, to target on an episode here soon. But for now, we'll dive into some future NFL studs that are about to lock in their NFL futures with an impressive 2020. So to help me do that, I'm going to dive into the topic this week with the help of my special guest, John Lobb at Gridiron Skull 91. And I guess it's Gridiron S-C-H-O-L 91 on Twitter of football diehards. Good to see you, man. You, uh, I feel like it's been a while since I've had you on a podcast, but I think you've been on just about every podcast I have had over the years. So it's good to get back and see your lovely face. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, my friend. I do. I think this is the fourth time I've been on with you. I love listening to your podcast. And, you know, the school year has started, which means football's right around the corner. It looks like we're going to get, you know, a majority of teams to kick off the season this year. So we'll be able to watch some college football. Really looking forward to it, you know, getting ready for who I'm going to be watching, which players we've lost a lot of good ones. But there's still a ton of prospects to watch this year coming up. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I know it, it, it doesn't uh, feel right when to to call it the you know the big 76 or whatever. But you know ah! instead of 100 and, <laughs> 130 being in in uh, FBS normally, but uh, so 54 schools we're not going to see play at the very least uh, this year. But that does leave quite a few schools. Three of the Power Five conferences are still set to play here soon. I think that the first, you know, big matchup isn't exactly a marquee matchup. I think it's Central Arkansas versus UAB, but hey, it's still football. Hey, <laughs> There's some NFL it prospects. It might have the biggest on... ratings of a UAB game in history. <laughs> like, I mean, people are going to watch it like crazy, it's right? It's true. It's true. And really, they have a couple NFL guys. We probably won't get to they them. They do. Here today, but like Austin Watkins, a uh, uh, wide receiver, uh, Jordan Smith, uh, uh, defensive end. I mean, six foot seven, two sixty, big body guy with a bunch of pressures last year. Uh, but yeah, they, they've got some playmakers to to look at as far as NFL draft prospects go. But but we're gonna dive into today some some breakout players that you know maybe they have done something today. Maybe they were a big recruit, but they haven't quite broken out like we believe they will this year. Uh, and every NFL draft prospect needs that blow up breakout season, and it helps if it's earlier. So we will talk about some younger players uh, on this episode. As well, but first, before we dive into that and tackle things uh, in the ACC here, first, just I uh, want to cover the FFP Stat Attack of the Week, the the best place to play season-long fantasy football. Three of four teams that made the college football playoff last year are indeed going to play football this season, and on those three teams, at least 43% of the receiving touchdown production from last year has now graduated or left early. For the NFL, myffpc.com, the best place to play fantasy football all year long. And, and I bring this stat up because it's it's insane how much production college football teams have to replace every single year, right? I mean, like it's you talk about the top programs like LSU and Alabama and Georgia and in the SEC, and they're, they're turning over their entire offense or entire defense like every single year. But that's not just an SEC thing; it, it's across the board. So let's dive in, just kicking things off with the ACC and talk about some of the breakout players to watch. Talk about, you know, maybe at least one player uh, on all the top programs uh, in the ACC. So we might as well start at the the very top of the ACC. Talk about the Clemson Tigers. Obviously, they returned Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. They returned Travis Etienne at running back. But wide receiver is a huge question mark this year for them. They just lost T. Higgins to the NFL draft. Justin Ross had a neck issue. And, you know, we don't even know if he's really going to come back to football. He's been posting some videos. Maybe it looks encouraging that he'll be back, but it's probably not going to be this fall. So wide receiver, they're going to be looking at a situation where they're having to play, replace everything. 
from just a year ago. More than 20 receiving touchdowns, over like 2,000 receiving yards are not back. I mean, their leading receiver from last year is actually Travis Etienne at running back. So, man, they're going to have to replace a lot. Uh, Joseph Ngata is my guy. Uh, Joe Ngata is my guy, the wide receiver, big body, 6'3", 210 guy. Looks like he's going to slot in as the T. Higgins direct replacement. So are you pumped for him? And, and where do you see Joseph Ngata uh, coming in and, and succeeding and making it to the NFL? Is he like a first-round talent to you? I need to see more. I do not have him on a first-round grade right now. I need to see more. I need to see more production. Now, I understand that he was on a depth chart that was loaded. You had mentioned <laughs> yeah. T. Higgins. You know, the first pick of this, I think it was the first pick of the second round by the Bengals. Loved T. Higgins. Justin Ross, he was at the top of my Debbie board, you know, before the neck injury. I was ex- so excited about Justin Ross. The neck injuries can be tough, but yeah. it is looking good, right? I mean, it, earlier when we first read about it, there were some kind of warnings that I was a little more concerned about seems to be the news is getting more positive at this point. So I'm hoping for the best. So I immediately for college fantasy football dynasty and Debbie, I said, I got to look at this depth chart now. Right. Yeah. And, and obviously Joseph Nagata is the one who stands out in my book right now. They still have talent up and down, but six, three, 220 five star, I mean, five-star prospect in high, by rivals in high school. Comes from California. Moves across all the way to South Carolina to play at Clemson. Sweeney is doing, getting incredible recruits at the wide receiver position. Nagata's in a position now. He's got the franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. He's got the coaching staff and the system to become a star. He does have the upside of a first-round NFL draft pick. Sometimes I worry. I'd like to see how fast is he, how quick. We don't know. You know, whenever you have these very large athletes, there's always a little bit of a concern because they can get away in high school, in college, by physically beating people up. He looks faster, right? So, yes, does he have the ceiling? Absolutely. But this is a big year. Can the young man step up? everything's in place for him to succeed. Now let's see him go get it. Yep. And he was my wide receiver one uh, coming in as a true freshman for him. Just, uh, I was worried about the opportunity though. So I didn't rank him as such just because I was thinking, okay, he still has T Higgins ahead of him. He still has Justin Ross who, who had only one season under his belt. So it's like, okay, so he's going to have to wait till maybe his junior year to really break out. But now with Justin Ross being where he is, T Higgins is gone all these players are, are gone. I mean, like last year, the, the leading actual wide receiver, Amari Rogers, he's not really like a super threat for for volume no. necessarily. Uh, and he made a miraculous recovery with his own injury. So if he has injury concerns again, you're looking at the biggest market share pie any Clemson wide receiver has had in the past several years, really, of opportunity. Yeah. So, and I don't think, I mean, I like the other guys there. They have Frank Ladson, who's a, a tall, lanky. Who's kind good. Of, yeah, Ladson's he's good. good too. He's good. Yeah. He can work the boundary, but he's going to kind of be their move wide receiver, that that kind of Z. I think they call it the two-man wide receiver for them. Uh, Mari Rogers will be the other guy, probably. But EJ Williams, true freshman, he could work into a role eventually. I like him a lot as a, as a true freshman for them. They have other good wide receivers, but Ngato just looks like Julio Jones. Like when you just look at him, like on the field, yeah. just standing still, the dude's already as thick and, and as tall and as, and as strong looking as Julio Jones is. And so that's that's the kind yeah. of player that that he is. So if he has two years 
with Trevor Lawrence, who is obviously a first round, maybe first overall draft pick. And then gets DJ Uyunglele or Tyson Famachan, like who are both, again, five and four star quarterbacks coming in to replace Trevor Lawrence. So having some of the best quarterback play, chunk of market share, tons of targets coming his way. He has all the opportunity now to be a top 50 NFL draft pick, if not a top 15 NFL draft pick one day. So I'm excited to see just how much he breaks out this year because of all ACC schedule. Maybe it's tougher, but if you look at their schedule, it's not a super challenging schedule and half the ACC is trash anyway. So let's just, be, let's just say it like it is. Well, it's not the, it's definitely not the SEC West, right? Yeah. So yes, <laughs> I yeah. mean, you so, definitely got some <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see he, he might be the most exciting prospect that we uh, even get to today just because of the, the crazy upside in his physical profile. But another wide receiver is shifting gears to another team that probably has even more opportunity than in terms of overall target share available is Donovan Green out of Wake Forest. Uh, a lot of people last year were excited about Sage Surratt. You know, some people even like, you know, Scotty Washington, even Kendall Hinton last year. They had a bunch of targets. They had a really good quarterback in Jamie Newman that's probably going to get drafted uh, next year now with Georgia. So they're missing a bunch of pieces. They're missing their quarterback and they're missing over 230 receptions from last year's offense. Ah! Like, yes. I mean, Scotty Washington's gone. Kendall Hinton's gone. The, the tight end, Jack, Jack Frudenthal is gone. There's another wide receiver that I can't, his name is. is Sage Surratt decided well, not to play. Yeah, and then, and then Sage Surratt ended up saying, I'm going early. Uh, he wasn't, it was, it was a different guy that, that, than Sage that I was forgetting. But Sage, I, I loved Sage last year. But man, he has, he has all the opportunity in the world. And Donovan Green, after Surratt went down last fall, Green came in and played the, the maximum number of games that you can play and still preserve your red shirt, which is four. And in those four games, he, he posted a 21% dominator rating, uh, you know, having almost a quarter of the yards and touchdowns through the air for Wake Forest as a true freshman. Now you get Sam Hartman. Uh, Sam Hartman is not as good as perhaps Jamie Newman is, is at quarterback. Uh, some of you guys may re- remember Sam Hartman from the uh, Netflix QB1 series, uh, but he is a good good college quarterback and can get the ball and really did actually in, in one or two of the games target Donovan Green, where Hartman actually had to play. So I'm excited about Donovan Green. I already had a couple shares of him before Sage Surratt decided to leave for the NFL draft a year early. What are you doing with, with Donovan Green? Like, it, Are you ranking him highly for, for Debbie college football fantasy purposes and things like that? Or are you a little bit concerned just because he may not have the ceiling uh, given his, his uh, you know, not, not necessarily super impressive athleticism? The ceiling isn't as high as we just spoke about Joseph Nagata. And he's in a good, but not a great situation. I mean, he's better than many players. I mean, Wake Forest is actually a sneaky, pretty good offense. You know, over the last five years, Hartman's an above-average quarterback coming back with experience. I like Donovan Green a little bit more when Sage Surratt was there because I thought Donovan Green was going to be in better individual matchups. Now defensive coordinators are going to focus more on green because Surratt was the guy, right? So I'm going to be watching closely because I like the competitiveness here. Let's see what the young man has. Four-star receiver, number 13 prospect coming out of North Carolina. He's got athletic abilities. Not only, you know, not that five-star level, 
before star level, I mean, you got a pretty high ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. I I need to see it more. To me, he's the guy who's on my radar. I just moved him up in my college fantasy football rankings. Obviously, as soon as Sage Surratt was gone, I had a I had to go. Okay, who steps in? It's Donovan here. I got to see how the young man does. He's now more on my roster than he was. And my Devi dynasty, all of that. Because he doesn't have the athletic profile of a Joseph Nagata in the past, I don't have him ranked as highly. So it would depend on how deep your, you know, your rosters are in dynasty or Devi or anything like that. I would have him, I think he's not in my top 12 right now. So he's probably in that like 15 to 20 range with the ability to move up. Yeah. But not someone who I'm targeting. Hey, if I got a value, if there was six Devi, I could consider him as one of the late round flyers. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I think that's that's even higher than a lot of people have him. I think most people have him outside the top 100 of their rankings for college fantasy football. Oh, for, I mean, he could Devi. be and, good. Yeah. I do like him. I mean, But there's so much opportunity there. If he does anything with that opportunity this year, he's going to hit all the breakout thresholds that we like to see from a production standpoint, unless something crazy happens yes. with him. So. He's already he was already I think fifth or fourth or fifth in terms of true freshman and, and adjusted like per game production last year among all power five wide receivers last year behind guys like George Pickens, David Bell, Drake London, you know, guys that were way up there and already involved in their offenses. But he was up there right next to, you know, he it was in a smaller number of game sample size, but he was way up there. So I'm excited to see again Donovan Green, wide receiver, Wake Forest. But moving on to Florida State. We'll see if they can bounce back and, and get up to national prominence again uh, and help the ACC actually become a good team again. New coach there, Mike Norvell, already making the headlines for the wrong reasons a couple times this offseason uh, with some things uh, not going very well with his players. But Mike Norvell did amazing work when he was with Memphis, loves to feature feature his running backs, loves to feature them in space, get them out into where he, they can catch passes. Jayshon Corbin transferred from Texas A&M this year to be the feature back. Kalen LeBourne, who was another back there, is no longer with the team. He was the main competition for touches with Jayshon Corbin. Corbin lost his job last year after going down with injury to Isaiah Spiller, who Isaiah Spiller is probably the, the running back number one in the uh, 22 2022 NFL draft. So losing your job to, you know, maybe the running back number one in any any draft class is not bad. But he enters this offense where Norvell is going to want to get him, you know, 150, 200 touches easily, just coasting to that kind of kind of number, probably over 200 touches if he stays healthy, even in a shorter schedule. Uh, Jayshon Corbin, I was I was on him as a, as a true freshman, loved loved the upside. He was a four star kid. What do you think about Corbin as a breakout candidate this year for Florida State? They have to fix the offensive line first. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. if, yes. if, if they can fix the offensive line, and now. I will say I'm a big Norvell fan from a football standpoint. There are some things coming out of Florida State that a little bit concern me, but I don't have enough inside information to know what's going on. But from a pure football standpoint, Memphis has produced Darrell Henderson, Tony Pollard. Why why am I going blank? Who is oh, Antonio, Antonio Gibson. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the, now they have Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah. What Norvell did with that Tigers offense was he put his running backs in space. He's amazing at finding opportunities for his running backs 
in one-on-one situations and he gets explosive players and he's very good at scheming and then you know it's it's fascinating because his running backs are more efficient than the number of touches and opportunities they get he's one of the few coaches where it's about efficiency not necessarily opportunity none of his backs really get 320 carries but man they get the carries in such a great scheme you know i think Darrell anderson averaged over eight yards a carry kenneth gainwell last year was silly over six yards a carry so now he brings that system to florida state now i will say this i think he can hide a poor offensive line better than the previous coaching staffs at Florida State in the last three or four years. He's going to try to use his offensive linemen. If you watch Memphis, wide splits going to the um, you know wide side of the field, not asking his linemen to dominate people. He's not asking you to blow them off the ball. Use angles, open up space, get on the edges. To me, that scheme that he had at Memphis is a good scheme to bring to a school like Florida State with bad offensive line play, which is shocking because I'm an old man in the 90s and the first 10 years of this century, Florida State, their offensive linemen were unbelievable. They had pro linemen all over the place. Oh, yeah. And now all of a sudden, you know, now all of a sudden it's weak. So then he brings in Corbin. He was SEC all freshman team. Oh, yeah. In 2018. So this young man's got athletic ability. 60220. If he gets, you know, I let's say he gets 200 touches, maybe 175. Well, we have a shortened season, right? So let's say 140 carries and 25 receptions, something like that. That will be enough because he's going to use multiple bats. But Corbin is fascinating here. I think he's going to tweak this offense. You're, this is not the Seminoles offense that we're used to seeing. This is not Cam Akers, like, getting hit two yards behind line of scrimmage. Corbin is one of those guys on my radar. Now, running backs, I'm a very tough grader, and I need to see production on the field. I'm not drafting him, but he's on my radar on short list who could make a massive jump this year. Yeah, and I think he's he's worth a look once you get in the, the later rounds of a Debbie draft or anything like that. But Mike Norvell running backs, they, they kill it on, like you said, on outside runs in space. Last year, Kenneth Gainwell, Ken, Kenneth Gainwell was second in the nation on outside runs in terms of yards overall. O- only 22 yards fewer than J.K. Dobbins on outside runs. The top five on outside runs for running backs last year, J.K. Dobbins, Kenneth Gainwell, Jonathan Taylor, Javion Hawkins, and Chuba Hubbard. He understands that r- if running backs can get to the edge and they can destroy that angle, and you can get tons yeah. of yak uh, like yards after contact, even if you're hit behind the line of scrimmage, if you're running at the right angle and you can bounce off that yeah. first tackle, you're not destroyed like like Cam, like Cam Akers was all the time in a mess oh, of an offense, yeah, offensive line last year. And the way that he gets his running backs in space as well, their average depth of target isn't like two or three yards behind the line. He's he's having them run receiver routes and stuff like that. So it'll be really fun if Jayshon Corbin gets some receiver routes going and they get creative with how 
uh, they, they get him some space because they really need like a good wide receiver two there besides Tamori and Terry to do something. But really? another way that they, they could really do that. Need a wide receiver yeah, but, but another way oh they could God. do that is, you know, split Jean Corbin out into the slot or, or kind of, you know, get him open on some quick flare, some quick, you know, wheel, some quick, uh, you know, angle route, you know, that t- that type of situation that really, you know, has has the defense respecting the underneath stuff with that quick second option to where that really yeah. takes the top off for Tamori and Terry. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Let's shift gears and go to quarterback here. Not going to, not going to talk about a bunch of breakout quarterbacks, but Mikhail Cunningham for Louisville, he's a low key like Heisman candidate for me just because of what, if they do give him a full workload this year and don't play around like they did last year with this back and forth QB nonsense, but he had a, he had the, Highest adjusted yards per pass attempt in all of college football, with besides Tua Tagovailoa, at 12.74 adjusted yards per pass attempt. A 22 to five touchdown to interception ratio was super efficient. Has a couple really good wide receivers and Tutu Atwell and Des Fitzpatrick, even a decent tight end in Marshawn Ford, one of the better running backs in the ACC in Javion Hawkins. Miguel Cunningham has a bunch of fun weapons. He can get he can move with his legs as well. He's not Lamar Jackson, but what do you think about his pro prospects? Does he have any shot, or or is he just a really good college player? He's a really good college player, and I love him college fantasy football drafts. However, he could become an NFL draft prospect. It's not out of the realm of his outcomes with improvement. You just said to me one of my favorite stats, and no one will do Trey Lance. What was it? 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. (laughs) That will not. I mean, that's just silly. When I saw that, I actually had to go to another stat page. Because I wasn't sure if it was a typo. (laughs) I'm like, he didn't throw an interception? That can't be right. But he didn't. But you just mentioned it. When you look at 22 to 5 for this young man, basically his first year starting. He had some games the year before. But that tells me that he's an intelligent football player. He's not making mistakes. He's making good decisions with the football. There's room for growth here. He does have, and you and I have been watching college football, these dual threat quarterbacks are changing the NFL. Oh, man. They are. I mean, guys like Eli Manning, Drew Bledsoe, who I love, Dan Fouts, they're not coming in the NFL anymore. If you can't at least run a little bit, a little bit, it's going to be hard in the NFL. But Cunningham, last year, he had 482 yards rushing. Yeah, oh, he, he kept it Six moving. Six touchdowns. Yeah. Yes, and the year before, 479. So you have a very nice dual threat quarterback. He has, a, he has an NFL arm. And I think arm strength's overrated. I'm much more concerned about accuracy, touch, and intellect. Like That's decision why I think making, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two is special. I don't think he has the greatest arm, but his accuracy his, and his ability to is is awesome, off the charts. I, obviously, Cunningham isn't Tua. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but he's got some of these skills that you see when you watch him and you watch the tape and then you look at the numbers. He's efficient with the football. He, he, he doesn't make mistakes. He's 6'1", 200. Now, hopefully he's over the six-foot mark. We all know how they fudge. Yeah, I think <laughs> right? he is. I mean, we, he's definitely taller than, what, Kyler, Kyler Murray. Like, And Kyler yeah. Murray was the number one overall. Oh, so, yeah. we're, we're seeing and that change big. a little bit. I mean, he does look big on when you watch him. He's got some size. So there's no question. 
Hey, he's got Tutu Atwell to throw to. Oh, yeah. This is a nice offense. I like the Louisville Cardinals offense. I think he's on my, he's not in the top 10 Debbie or Dynasty prospects, but he's in my list if he can make a big step forward. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm hopeful that he, he uh, takes the next step. Another quarterback in the ACC, and we'll, we'll shift gears and get into the Big 12 here shortly. But Hendon Hooker uh, surprised me when I dove into his. Uh, 2019 season he actually really came on strong kind of later another kind of quarterback situation to monitor Uh, last year was just kind of messy but he actually came on did really good things talked about uh, the quarterbacks on a couple different podcasts recently quarterbacks uh, hitting the nine and a half adjusted yards per attempt threshold Uh, that is all like that that seems to be a mark where like nine yards nine and a half yards per attempt you need a, a season like that, and Hendon Hooker hit that threshold over 10 yards, adjusted yards per attempt, uh, and, and really putting up some decent numbers with uh, kind of gross wide receiver play besides maybe Hazleton, and Hazleton missed like part of the year anyway. <laughs> no, no. Their, their wide receiver was it's more poor. Let's not just, great, and, and still doing great. great things. You know, We're not expecting a lot out of Virginia Tech this year, but if, if – they're going to take another step. It's going to be because of the quarterback play. So in in the ACC, where you have Trevor Lawrence, Sam Howell at the very top, looking like NFL studs, we need another guy to, to insert himself into this conversation for any team to even, even get close to you know to competing for the ACC title. Like maybe Louisville, maybe Mikael Cunningham does that and steps up. But we, there, there has to be better quarterback play across the board on these other ACC teams. It does, it's just not pretty if you look at it for the most part. But what do you do? You have any thoughts on Hendon, Hendon Hooker? Would you bet on him taking the next step to be uh, be in, in the NFL draft conversation? He will be in the NFL draft conversation. This is why. 6'4", 228. There you go. Dual threat. That's all you need. Dual threat. <laughs> dual threat quarterback with a very underrated arm. And I'll tell you what I like about him. He attacks the middle of the defense. He can throw it long. I'd like to see a little bit more touch. But he's got some really nice ability to zip that ball in there. And you just mentioned it. He didn't have NFL wide receivers he was no. throwing to. No. Now, you said it. 9.6 yards per attempt. So this young man is chucking the ball middle to deep down the field. He's not taking Dinkin and Duncan. He's actually throwing the football. What I like to add on top of that, completed 61% of his passes. I'd like to see him get that up to 65. That's what I would like him to do. But I'm also going to put that into context. His receivers aren't helping. Nope. The offensive, the offensive personnel around him are not helping him. So when I have a 9.6 yards per attempt with a 61% completion percentage, and then my stat I love 13 to 2 inters touchdown to interception ratio. The young man is smart with the football in an offense and on a team that was not very good. He wasn't trying to win every game by himself. He stayed within himself. He's also a dual threat running back. Last year, 356 yards rushing, five touchdowns. He's big. He's got a good arm. He's intelligent. Yes, he needs to make a step forward. I've heard a little bit of chatter, but not enough in either the college fantasy football or the NFL draft universe. He can play. He needs to take a giant step forward. 
Yeah, and, and I'm just glad we're having this NFL, the, this college season to actually see him play, see yes! him take the next step. Uh, he could be, you know, insert, inserted into that QB three kind of position within this conference uh, this year. I think, you know, Howell is, you know, he's locked in as a top quarterback pick already. Feel I feel like it for the NFL draft, but need somebody else to step up there. Going over to another, you know, team that's going to be in the running for the ACC title, maybe for the first time and only time ever, Notre Dame. They, they're going to be redoing a lot of their uh, playmakers, you know, just lost Chase Claypool, a few other players and, and that graduated last year, Tony Jones at running back. Chris Tyree at running back comes in as perhaps the most athletic running back prospect they have had ever, maybe, and at least in the last 15 years. The dude legitimately runs a, a sub 4-4-40. And uh, is is jumping out of the building near a 40, 40 inch vertical, uh, and so just crazy burst. I think he's going to become the lead back in the first year. They also have a five star tight end in Michael Mayer, four four star, almost five star uh, freshman in Jordan Johnson at wide receiver. They're they're going to have a lot of fresh faces this year. It's going to be somebody's going to be breaking out for them. I think it's Chris Tyree. What what are your thoughts on Chris Tyree? He has stepped into a very good situation. I think in either Phil Steele's or Lindsay's, one of those college magazines, had Notre Dame as the top two offensive lines in the nation. Brian Kelly has put together good offensive lines historically, and Notre Dame's got talent. So you're talking about a young man, a five-star recruit, and I don't know. I was wondering. I, I couldn't find the answer. When was the last time Notre Dame acquired a five-star running back? It's been, you know, I it's mean, it's been seriously over yeah. ten years. It, 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 I think it was yeah. fifteen years ago they had. Uh, I can't remember the name, his name right I off mean, the top. I mean, they had Jerome Bettis and they had uh, guys yeah. in, but yeah. forever ago, you know, but no one. Yeah, but Prosize wasn't a five-star. No, recruit. he wasn't either. Most of his guys haven't been right. Yeah. So this is a major, major recruit that he has brought onto campus. Now, first thing you notice. 5'9", 179. Not the biggest back, but man, the speed, the vision, the explosiveness. I've got problems with Brian Kelly as a coach, but that's a different story for a different podcast. (laughs) But Tyree, I, I do believe Kelly's a good enough coach to get Tyree into positions of being successful. Yeah. When you have when you have this explosive of an athlete, he's going to give them opportunities to make play. Look at the running backs he's had. Until last year, Kelly had very good success taking juniors and seniors, plugging them into the backfield. Yeah. They, they ended up getting drafted. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> I, I mean, right? size Dexter Williams, a few other examples recently of guys yeah. you know, sticking. Yeah. So, and, so it, and those are like three star guys. Got, you know, three star yeah. guys did it. So now he's plugging in a five star athlete. He has to be, in my opinion, your top. 12 freshmen. I mean, we have a pretty good freshman class coming in, but in running backs, he's got to be your top six coming in. The system's there. The coaching staff's there. He's also playing with a senior quarterback in um, Ian Book this year. Yeah. The young man is sitting into a really good. Now, I looked at that Irish depth chart at running back. It ain't very pretty. No. <laughs> so, talk, so if Tyree shows anything, I would assume he should get the majority of snaps. And then you're looking at a huge young breakout star, right? If And he could grow for three years in this fighting Irish offense. Yep. I, I hope we see it happen because he's got all the ability. And then even after Ian Book is gone, Tyler Buckner comes in as the best quarterback prospect yeah. they've had in, in another 15 years. 
I they just, see just, it. Aren't they killing it? They're, it they have, like yeah, killing they're it trending in the right direction. Getting just in, yes. in as far as recruiting goes, just getting the top tier, top echelon, you know, and then packing in it with role players at three star positions as well. But really killing it at the top tier uh, level with with important positions, quarterback, wide receiver, and tied in within that offense. So I, I'm excited to see what that ha- what that means for Notre Dame and their future. But a few more names to know before we hop into the Big 12 here. Jameer Gibbs out of uh, Georgia Tech, uh, running back. I'm super excited about already getting hype here recently in camp already. Jordan Mason is a more proven back there for Georgia Tech. I know that they're kind of doing this scheme change from the weird option to a more conventional system with Jeff Collins. But Jameer Gibbs is a name to know. Another true freshman in this class. Javante Williams for North Carolina. I think he's better than Michael Carter. He's got an amazing quarterback in Sam Howell, an amazing duo or trio, really, a wide receiver. They're wide receivers. Oh, man. Diami Brown. Like, <laughs> and, and I was going to talk about the, you know, Diami Brown and, and uh, Daz Newsom there, but like, yeah. it's just, they don't, they've already broken out. They're both thousand yard guys in the same squad. So, really excited for North Carolina. I think North Carolina could push. Clemson this year if they get the right matchup. What, what are your thoughts there? Because they almost did it last year when Sam Howell was a freshman. Like, do you think they they could do it this year, or they did really I, I just do. Set I down? love. I'm all in on Sam Howell in this Tar Heels offense, yeah. man. They, they, I mean, he Lawrence is special. I really believe Trevor Lawrence is in a different class. He's in that Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson category of a prospect. Man, Sam Howell, <laughs> he is special. Yeah. I mean, him and Keaton Slovis, if they come out in two years together, what what a fascinating battle that could be for the best quarterback. I'm still amazed that Tar Heels passing game was spectacular last year. And Daz Newsom and Damani Brown are going to eat up. They're going to eat all year. They're going to be very, very good. Yeah, I wish the Tar Heels would just give Javante Williams the ball. Why not just, I Michael Carter's okay. I'm not, eh. You know, but why this ro- constant rotation? Like, I think Williams could be the guy. Just give him 75% of the opportunity share and yep. let him make plays for you. Oh, I yeah. Mean, so that's it. And I'll tell you one guy who I like a lot, Cameron Harris in Miami. Started watching more and more film of him. He just blew off the – they had like a, a practice game on Saturday. Yeah. He scored three touchdowns, including Whew. two of them were from – receiving and i didn't know this i went back he had 778 yards last year rushing he's been getting the the hurricane coaching staff and diaz are talking cameron harris up a lot he's he's someone i'm really kind of like hmm he might be a lot better than i thought no yeah that's a good point and and rhett lashley comes in he was the uh, offensive coordinator for smu last year uh, and so it's a new offensive coordinator again in Miami with uh, Manny ah. there. So we'll see if that works. They've got a, they've got a really fun rushing QB uh, that that uh, we could get into, oh, but yeah. I, but I I won't for for sake of time. But Cameron Harris could be the first, I guess, feature back we've seen in Miami for a very long time. That used to be super normal for them to always do this feature back situation, but in the past ten years, really. Uh, Miami just has done this committee situation, especially in the past few years. But I think if, if Harris get, gets the reins like like Lashley likes to do, like I think about, uh, what was his face, uh, Xavier Jones, I guess, at running back for SMU last year, didn't get drafted, but had a crazy market share season, over 200 carries, like 1,300 plus rushing yards. <laughs> yeah, so it's like yeah. if they do that again with Cameron Harris, he's going to be in NFL draft conversations because uh, Miami. Like, you know, it's just like that's just how... 
it works. And so I think he could be in, in for a big workload. But back to Javante Williams for we hop into Big 12 here. But Javante Williams was in, in terms of running backs with at least 150 rushes last year. He was third in yards after contact per rush attempt behind only Travis Etienne and Zach Moss. End of list. Like, so like, that's it. So like, he's a monster in in terms of his uh, yards after catch per target as a receiver, he led all of the running backs in college football. So just an absolute monster in both the receiving and rushing game. He just hasn't had the volume uh, to to really just put that on display. I hope he's given the reins because he's got, he's got the wheels. He's got the juice to do it, but Let's hop over to Big 12 because I, I want to get your takes on a couple of the programs here that have been kind of throwing a curveball with some players departing, uh, some players opting out. First off, Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, they're all they're always in the college football playoff situation. They're replacing a quarterback with Spencer Rattler. He's obviously in line to be the breakout quarterback. A bunch of people are thinking, oh, he's duh. He's just Lincoln Riley quarterback, just going to crank it out and be another impressive stud. I think he has that potential. But his, you know, they're replacing a ton of production around him. CD Lamb is gone. That's 1,300 yards and 14 receptions or 14 touchdown receptions. Kennedy Brooks, who was their back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher, he just uh, he opted out of the season. So at running back, they're left with a bunch of guys who have almost no experience. Uh, I I really like Charleston Rambo at wide receiver. They have another, uh, three guys that could all break out at wide receiver there. I think that are young and upcoming. We could talk about them. Theo Weiss, I really like him. But Marcus Major, T.J. Pledger, and Seth McGowan are going to be the running back this year. Like, are you buying any of those guys to really take the reins and be a feature? Because Ramondre Stevenson is actually suspended too for like I think half half the games this year at running back. So they're they've got like. Trey Sermon is now with Ohio State, which is sad because he's not even going to get to play this year. So the, everybody is gone. I, so think about that. When the season ended for Oklahoma, yeah, they had Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon, and it looked like they were solid. I mean, one of the yeah. best combo depth charts in the nation. Yeah, Sermon transfers, Big Ten cancels, and Kennedy Brooks opts out. <sighs> I mean, yeah. So I will say this. I seem to be in the minority in this. I think everyone is ignoring the challenge that Oklahoma has. Lincoln Riley has been able to plug and play at quarterback. But what he did was he brought in young men from other programs with experience. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts. He had running backs from Rodney Anderson, Kennedy Brooks. He's had players. Good offensive line. And he had NFL first-round draft picks at wide receiver. This team right now. I can't believe no one's mentioning this, and I seem to be in the minority. I get the ceiling. It's Oklahoma. I get it. I see. Don't sell me. <laughs> it's been working. <laughs> it's been working. But Rattler is his chosen young quarterback who does not have experience. So he's bringing in a kid who's essentially he's a first-year player, redshirt, right, coming in. Now he doesn't even have a running game to lean on. I don't think any of those guys – I mean, I'm not drafting one in college no. fantasy football. No. Now, so now maybe one of them pops and I pick them on the waiver wire. Or if you guess which one, you win. You know, I think <laughs> it, I think it's committee all yeah. over it, right? It looks like a committee. Yeah, it does. So now you're saying we don't have CeeDee Lamb. They lost Hazelwood, right? He's out for He's the out. whole season. Yeah. So it's not within the realm of possibility that – 
Oh, this is Oklahoma's worst offense in the last five years. I think it's going to be a, a committee. So at the running back, I'm not yes. sure we see Major, Pledger, or McGowan break out. And once Stevenson's back, he's no. going to take all their touches anyway. A wide receiver, the only guy that's returning that had more than 20 catches last year is Charleston <laughs> Rambo. So maybe he's the breakout in that, yeah. hey, uh, you're the only guy that knows what he's doing. Let's shove everything down down your throat and just and make you make you into a, a higher draft pick. That could be in the cards. Theo East, I think it has the potential to break out. He's another 6'3", bot body that it, yeah. you know can make acrobatic catches. That's probably my breakout player for them maybe just because of the mess at running back, but it's they're they're far from certain in terms of uh you know trying to project college football playoff stuff or even even Big 12 championship stuff this year. It's not just okay, check Oklahoma uh, check they're going to lose first round of the college football playoff with it which if they make it they will but, but yeah, it's yeah. it's not as as no, easy to lock it no in if, if there's ever a year to knock off oklahoma if any program in the big 12 yep. this is your year and it's this is your year yeah and so that's why i think you know they convinced the top player maker playmakers for oklahoma state to come back one more year because like hey this is it. This is our shot. And we'll get to Oklahoma yep. State here here shortly, but Texas is in an interesting spot. They you know, the, we, the joke we always joke that Texas is back and you know, that's just constantly a joke and they're just made fun of for always saying that. Yo, we're back. They might actually be back this year. Uh they're going to have to re, be replacing a lot of uh, receiving production. Obviously, uh, Devin Duvernay had over 100 catches last year, mostly always out of the slot. Colin Johnson was a huge six foot six monster for them. He's gone too. So you got like 150 catches gone easily between those two. Uh, but they have really four receivers that could all work into some market share. But if you're buying into any Texas wide receiver, projecting the best for college production now and the NFL, are, are you a Brennan Eagles fan, a Jake Smith fan, Jordan Whittington, former five star, or Tariq Black, the new guy in town that you know had some success ish in Michigan, but just couldn't stay. Yeah, it just couldn't stay healthy. So, who are you buying as the breakout there? I know they've got a trio of running backs that are really good. I don't think Bijan Robinson's going to just bust out and just completely dethrone Keontae Ingram in year one. I think that's going to be more of a year two thing for him. He's you know the top rated running back in the country. Like him, just don't think he's going to you know take the reins fully by himself. But wide receiver, there's at least three of those four I'm excited about. Which which one are you buying into for the NFL draft purposes? My number one guy, NFL, and that does not necessarily mean college fancy football right now. I think it's Brendan Eagles, 6'4", 230. He's got the physically imposing size that you are looking for. And, and I will say this, when you have these big wide receivers, I think the realm of outcomes in the NFL is wider. Because they could be Julio, right? Or Kenny Galladay. We're hoping for that. But they could be complete washouts. Some, you know, they just never really make it. So I think a guy like Brennan Eagles, when I look at him, I see this great ceiling. Size and athleticism. He's entering his junior year. Bam. I mean, he could really smash. But the system at Texas throw the, throws the ball to the slot. That's how both Devin DuVernay and little Jordan Humphrey the year before, they both were massively peppered in Tom Herman's offense from that position. Eagles, I do not expect him to play that. I don't think he has the quickness. I don't think he has that you know, immediate separation ability to play Tom Herman's slot. I mean, they might give him a couple snaps there to – 
throw the defense off, but he's not going to line up there like Devin Duvernay and just dominate in the middle of the field. So then it's Smith or Whittingham. Last I've read, I have a good friend from Texas. The reports are indicating that Whittingham is going to play a lot more at that position. All offseason, I thought it was going to be Jake Smith. But now I'm hearing it might be 50-50 in that slot position. I think if Whittingham, he's a freshman, 6'1", 215, if he could somehow get 70 receptions as a freshman out of that slot position, then you're really looking at an NFL early breakout star with a nice share of the offense because Eagles is going to get his his touches and I I think the same thing with Jake Smith but if Winnington gets that hey he's got to move way up your charts 6-1-2-15 is a slot receiver yeah that's pretty nasty yeah big body he could be the 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 great like modern kind of bigger slot wide receiver that also has the quicks, yeah. also has the agility. Jordan Winnington was just, just a year ago, he was a five-star prospect, ended up getting injured, missed like basically all of last year. He had, I think he had one catch, you know, so it's, he's a red shirt, red shirt freshman. So red shirt freshman season, two catches. Yeah. yeah. So red shirt freshman season, you know, he, he could break out and have a huge age 19 breakout season. Uh, that's that would be my pick for the real true breakout because Brendan Eagles Eagles already saw some pretty decent work last year. Brendan Eagles is probably the guy that I would project to have the highest draft capital, but Whittington could be that day two guy that uh, gets the gets the capital threshold we want to see. Has a couple really productive seasons for Texas. Decides to leave early. He's an he's an age twenty one rookie with day two capital with top-notch elite-level NFL athleticism. He looked like an NFL player when he was 17 years old, 16 years old in, in high school. If you look back at his his film, it's just unreal. So Jordan Whittington, my pick, sounds like it's your pick for the, the true breakout for for college stuff, maybe this year coming, you know, from two catches to maybe 70 or more catches this year, if, if that rule actually uh, works out to be what we think it is. I'm super excited about Zachary Evans for uh, running back for TCU. Had a really bizarre uh, recruiting trek and journey. Uh, kind of committed, decommitted, com- committed, decommitted, back and forth. Was didn't sign on National Signing Day. Finally. Picked a school that was on nobody's list for him to go to, TCU. And now he's obviously the best running back prospect that TCU has had since LaDainian Tomlinson was still there. And a fun fact, since LaDainian Tomlinson left the NFL, there hasn't been one fantasy point scored by a TCU running back. Which Are is, you serious? There's not That's been one, not one fantasy point scored by any TCU oh running my. back since then. So, oh my god, they are in desperate need of help. There, uh, recent news with Max Duggan. Uh, apparently, he's not going to be available early on this year. They're in an interesting. I'm so upset about that. Yeah. So they are in dire need. They, they they were already going to hand the ball to Evans just about every other snap, if not two times per snap. Yeah. He, <laughs> I think he has the he looks to me like Nick Chubb, but healthy and no no crazy red flags besides just maybe having a weird attitude. I don't know, whatever you want to project. He had a kind of a weird uh, situation with his recruiting track. But if he gets his head on straight, keeps his head on straight, he looks like a first round NFL draft pick already and will break out, be the breakout story at running back in all of college football. And I don't think it'll be close. So where are you with Evans? Uh, he's a top two dynasty college fantasy football a- um, uh, asset. He he is definitely on everyone. It should be on everyone's Debbie radar 
Dynasty Radar. He is 5'11", 195 pounds. He took TCU over Alabama, LSU, Georgia. I mean, that's all you have to say. When Georgia comes a knocking, LSU and the Crimson Tide, you know the young man is special. He, I mean, five-star recruit. I mean, I was stunned. I mean, I don't even know. I don't think LaDainian Tomlinson was a five-star recruit. I mean, I'm old, but he wasn't. Like, <laughs> I knew him at TCU, and he got better each year. And then he was finally drafted. And another interesting side note, he was drafted with Michael Vick. And that was one of the great trades of all time. The Chargers ended up with LT and gave up. They they essentially traded Michael Vick for LT and Drew Brees, which is Oof. a fascinating trade. Yeah, that's as, insane. As, as, you know, it really worked out because the Falcons did turn the team around for a while with Vick. And we know the story. But you get LT and Brees. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So anyway. He's going to play immediately. My only concern is he is now the offense. Like, they've lost their sophomore quarterback. They lo- they don't have very good wide receivers. Evans is a spectacular talent. The running's there, the quickness, the lateral movement, the yeah. speed. I mean, everything you want. I just hope that the Horn Frogs can put enough pieces around him and create an up, op- you know, for Honestly. him to show... <laughs> His athleticism. They should just give him, like, they should just make it Wildcat quarterback. Just, just direct <laughs> snap to Zachary Evans 50 times a game. Let's go. <laughs> you know, right now their starter is a walk-on? Yeah, yeah. And last year they had like five quarterbacks. Now they've got like yeah. maybe a half the quarterback. So <laughs> it's yeah. going to be weird for TCU. Moving on to a few other guys before we uh, kind of hear a word from our sponsor, Braden Johnson, Oklahoma State. Last three games last year were just amazing. Uh, he even got involved as a kick returner. Taquan Thornton for Baylor uh, is, a, is a guy I'm looking to break out, uh, you know, like 6'3", 180-ish. You know, he could be the the next Denzel Mims for Baylor. And then Tariq Milton for Iowa State. We all know we all know Brees Hall, most likely at running back. He's he's solid. Brock Purdy at quarterback. But they need some weapons. Tariq Milton it was already a deep threat, had like 20 yards per reception. Tariq Milton could be the guy breaking out for them. But before we kind of wrap things up with some SEC talk, uh, just a word from our sponsors. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and Direct Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. 
At Rotoviz, we love titles, we love hardware, we love championships, we love winning, and we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the underdog fantasy best ball mania, $1 million best ball tournament. It's $200,000 to first place, it's only $25 to enter. It's a no brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you got to go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great underdog fantasy app in the app store on your smartphone device and you're gonna make a deposit. You're gonna use code ROTOVIZ when you make that deposit. Then you're gonna go refer five friends and Underdog and ROTOVIZ will give you a free entry into the Best Ball Mania tournament. So it's, it's kind of like a two for one. You sign up, you put in 25 bucks, you enter the Best Ball Mania tournament, you get five buddies to play, you use code ROTOVIZ, you get a free entry. No brainer guys, let's chase that glory. 200 grand. If $25 is too pricey for you, They've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble, and you can win 20 grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name, you see the ownership, you see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code ROTOVIZ and chase that glory. All right, so let's wrap it up with some SEC talk. I, I live in SEC country. Everyone loves to talk about the SEC because they sent a bunch of good players to the NFL, right? Uh, but I know we know a lot of the top names. We know a lot of like Alabama's playmakers like Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waddell at wide receiver. We already know Najee Harris. We've talked about him on the show. They have like a, a ton of talent there. Even you know Trey Sanders, Brian Robinson at running back. They've got like five guys at running back that might go pro one day. But who is going to be the, the next wide receiver to come out of nowhere for them? They brought in a couple four-star guys uh, this year. But John Mechie last year was the A-Day MVP of, of the game last year. And, you know, when you have four first-round picks ahead of you on the death chart, you're not going to really break through. Uh, so <laughs> this year he only has two first-round draft picks to compete with for for market share. But I think John Mechie could break out and be a difference maker. But uh, are you high on John Mechie? And do you think with Tua being gone, there's still room for three productive wide receivers this year for Alabama? I don't think with Tua gone, they can have three productive. I think Devonta Smith and Jaden Waddle are going to command such a large market share. Because I like Matt Jones. He's you know he's a good, efficient college quarterback, but he's not Tua. Tua right. is special. The opportunities, he just completing over 70% of his passes, just kept that offense on the field, kept the offense moving. You're not going to – I don't think you'll get that with Mac Jones, right? So it just won't be as many opportunities. Well, what does that mean? The <laughs> third receiver isn't going to touch the ball as as often. I mean, when you think – I just think about the talent Alabama had last year. It's just it's unbelievable, insane. dude. Yeah. They had two first-round picks, and now they are – I guarantee you one of those two, Waddle or Smith, will go in the first round next year. If not both, but definitely one. Yeah. And then I think that's when Michi gets his opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he could he could break out. But it but even after you know Waddle and Smith are gone after this year, it's funny. But Alabama is bringing in another trio of four and five star <laughs> wide receivers after that. So it's like their whole wide receiver room is going to be six deep with at least like I think it's like they're like a point nine three. Uh, rating in the 24-7 sports composite or better like all six of them next year it's just going to be insane so they keep on bringing it in it's not fair I don't think there's going to be another breakout there's not really room for that 
it's not fair. It isn't. I hate it. I'm an Auburn fan. It sucks, but but it's it, yeah. It is. It is what it is. Yeah, I think if anyone anyone does break out that surprises, it's probably going to be Trey Sanders at running back. Could spell Najee Harris at times, especially if there's any injuries in the backfield this year. Trey Sanders, uh, one of the one of the top fifty all time recruit at at the position at running back. Not 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 just within running backs, but by but since twenty four seven sports has been rating prospects in like the last twenty years, Trey Sanders top one hundred fifty prospect ever. So I, I think he's the name to know at running back there for them, Georgia. George Pickens automatically just came in and, and was like, hey, by the way, I'm the best wide receiver in the SEC. Hi, nice to meet you guys. And just had a 30% dominator as a true freshman, you know, really outproducing everyone else there. Demetrius Robertson, uh, Dominic Blaylock is out for the year now with the torn ACL. I'm thinking George Pickens, he's not, if we can't call him a breakout, if he does even more this year with Jamie Newman at quarterback and Todd, Todd Munkin calling the plays with a more vertical offense that I think fits him well. George Pickens is going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. They've got tons of good running backs. Zamir White needs to break out and prove himself. That could be the breakout target, whatever. But Kendall Milton, I think he could earn a role. James Cook, brother of Dalvin Cook. They've got a stable of running backs there still. Kenny McIntosh still there. But I think the true breakout could be one of the true freshman wide receivers. They've got four of them that are all four stars or better. Marcus Rossimi, Arian Smith, Jermaine Burton, Justin Robinson. Do you like any of one of those four better than the others at, at wide receiver for you? On this one, I've been so into George Pickens. <laughs> I've spent yeah. all my time in Dynasty touting him, watching him. He's just, he's unbelievable, dude. I need, what I'm going to do with these four, when I saw Georgia got all these four studs, young athletes, I'm going to wait to see which one pops. You know, it's a wait and see to me. I do believe one or two of them will earn their way eventually to, you know, NFL draft discussion. But when you bring in four who seem pretty equal, I mean, to me, they're pretty, they're all in the same bucket. Let's see which one, does one really earn the opportunity share above the other three? So I'm a wait and see on these four young men. That's fair enough. I, I I really am excited just to see which one breaks out. You got a couple of them in there with four four speed. Arian Smith uh, and Jermaine Burton both six one. You know, a little slight, but need to add some pounds. But both could be the the, the speedster, uh, the next Miko Hardman for that offense going deep a lot. But uh, I'm excited about that that four freshman wide receivers. But Ole Miss, uh, I'm excited about Jerry and Ely, uh, running back and baseball prospect. Looks like he's going to be sticking with football. Scotty Phillips is gone at running back, so they've got virtually no other depth there that's really you know experienced. Snoop Connor is probably going to be the, the guy to spell Ely when he's not out. And obviously, if they stick with John Rice Plumley at quarterback there, that could sap the upside of Ely's rushing totals. But Jerry and Ely came in as a, a five-star, four-star kind of fringe that that level of elite prospect, he's just a crazy athlete. A little bit slight when he joined, but he's already added some weight. Do you believe Jerry and Ely can be the best Ole Miss prospect to, to come out of run, running back for a long, long time? Oh, without question, my friend. I mean, he might be short, but man, he is stout. He looks strong. He said he's got baseball athleticism. I see it sometimes on the football field. There are you know, he just has a natural glide to him. And I think he had the most missed tackles of all freshmen in college football last year. I yeah, think I read up that there. somewhere. Way up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and he was true freshman all American, freshman all American set second team by the athletic 
um, freshman All-American by PFF. This young man can play. Maybe I'm biased. I've always tilted towards SEC running backs. Let's see it. I would love to see him, well, again, eight games. Let's see if he can go over 1,000 yards in eight games this year. Then you're talking, if he does that, then you're looking at like a first-round grade in two years. Absolutely. The dude had, on just 104 carries, had almost 30 broken tackles. He's breaking tackles at a really, really high rate. Uh, add in some yards after contact for a guy that that came in not weighing a ton, but he is bulking up, showing that that he's got that natural athleticism. He, he could add his frame, his frame could add some weight. Uh, I'll be interested to see what he eventually weighs in at. He's not going to be like the huge six one two thirty ever, but uh, that's not who he no. is. But I think he could still be, you know, a, a really impressive bursty guy that gets day two draft capital one day. Moving on to the the defending national champions, uh, I don't know who's going to supplement uh, Jamar Chase's production at wide receiver there, whether that's going to be Gilbert at tight end, who is a, a true freshman. They've already talked about having him in the wide receiver mix as well. A really, a really thick, the, the highest rated tight end prospect of all time in the 24-7 sports composite rating. Uh, then you got Terrace Marshall, who led all wide receivers in college football in touchdown percentage. Almost almost every like one in three balls was going for a touchdown when they were targeting Terrace Marshall. He was also not healthy uh, for the whole year. Lots of buzz from the wide receiver coach, though, there on Racy McMath, who's not really ever broken out. And then they've got true freshman, four-star, five-star kid, Kayshawn Boutte, Man, they, they've got a bunch of weapons, again, just re, restocking, just like Alabama, restocking in an unfair way. Who are you most excited about in LSU? First one is Eric Gilbert. <laughs> this yeah. young man is a tight end. I remember when I first started watching O.J. Howard at Alabama. It just blew me away how good he was immediately at Alabama. And Alabama, the numbers weren't there. So you can watch talent. It doesn't mean he's putting up a thousand yards at the tight end. And when he was a freshman, Alabama wasn't as proficient throwing the football as they are now. But you saw certain plays out of OJ Howard where you're just like, oh my God, the kid is an NFL <laughs> yeah. prospect. And we can debate whatever's happened as far as the NFL Tampa Bay. But Eric Gilbert, man, this young man coming to LSU as a five-star prospect at tight end. And you said it, what, the highest 24-7 yeah, composite ever. score for a tight end. It's possible he goes crazy. Now, it's you're not looking at 1,200 yards. It's the difference yeah. for a tight end. But I love him. Now, I like Terrence Marshall, too. I think Terrence Marshall, those are the two that I like the most. I tend to be a hard grader. I want to see it before I say it. Yes, Kayshawn Boo and Racy McMath could be very good. They're in the right system, right school, LSU recruits. I get all of it. But I've seen Marshall be really good. Yeah. He just got touchdown monster. Yes. So I like Marshall a ton, like Eric Gilbert. And I think out of one of those two young men, um, Boo or McMath, one of them is going to be a star. Just not sure which one yet. Yeah, I, I would love to see a good season out of McMath because he's he's just not always earned a role. He's been competing with top end recruits every single year of his career, uh, so he just needs to break out finally. Moving on to my Auburn Tigers here, Seth Williams has he broke out as a true freshman, no questions about him. He's going to be probably a day two pick by many people's standards. I love Tank Bigsby at running back there. DJ Williams is a decent player, but I think Tank Bigsby uh, breaks out early. But I'm excited to see what happens if Anthony Schwartz stays healthy for a full season. Chad Morris, former uh, another former SMU 
uh, offensive coordinator back in the day. Most recently, offensive coordinator at Arkansas. He has a tendency to shovel every single target through two guys. Uh, and so yeah. Seth Williams is yeah. one of the guys. And then you've got a speedster in Anthony Schwartz, who last year was struggling with injury early on in the year, had a broken hand, actually had his hand clubbed, uh, like wrapped so thick it looked like he could just beat somebody and break their face. Like he, and they st- still put him out on the field, even though he just had a club on one hand. Finally, got on the field, down the back, in a back half of the season, was averaging seven touches, six or seven touches per game. And the dude runs a faster 100 meter than Tyreek Hill. So no big deal there. Uh, I'm serious. Like a 10 point, like uh, I think he has one rep under 10-1. Uh, he's been training for the Olympics with the uh, U.S. men's 4 by one team. Just unreal kind of speed. But he's not just a track athlete. He can create separation on the intermediate, underneath, so I just they just need to get him some more targets and he needs to stay healthy. Are you excited about the upside that is Anthony Schwartz? I like the talent. I like that the, they're moving the ball forward offensively, bringing in Morris. I think that was a great signing. I like Bo Nix. I think he's underrated. I think Bo Nix is a good NFL, you know, he has potential there. Love Seth Williams. So Anthony Schwartz is in a great position because you know the defensive coordinators are going to focus on Williams. Swartz should have a lot of advantageous one-on-one matchups on the other side of the field with an offensive coordinator who will scheme him opportunities to get open. And then you have a quarterback who can pull the trigger. So I do like him. Need to see last year, 41 for 440. So he had a lot of receptions. Didn't have a lot of yards. Didn't do a lot with it, but could be the hand. Might have been the system. Was he catching passes in space? Was it the opportunity to gain yak? I think it's all there for him. Let's see if he does it. Yeah, I think this is the prove, prove it or lose it year for him. He could he could earn yeah. day two capital or just show to be a speedster that just signed somewhere as an undrafted free agent. That That's the range of outcomes for him. But he's got the speed, the next level. I mean, the NFL is addicted to speed. So I feel like if he just gets the combine invite. He's going to get drafted somewhere just because of his ridiculous top-end speed. Uh, a couple of other names in the SEC before we kind of sign off here, but DeMond DeMoss for Texas A&M has the athleticism to be the next Julio Jones or A.J. Green coming out of the SEC. The dude skipped his entire final season of high school, not because he wanted to, but because there was kind of a really weird kind of transfer rule and he kind of got screwed out of being even able to play in his final high school season. Still got a five-star rating as a recruit. Now comes into a situation where Courtney Davis just left for the NFL. They have one really proven wide receiver there for Texas A&M, but Jimbo could force feed some targets his way early and have one of the most impressive true freshman breakouts in the country. Are you are you excited about the upside in, in uh, DeMond DeMoss uh, at Texas A&M? Uh, 6-3-182. All of the talent is there. I mean, he could do it. Their offensive line is so much improved. It took Jimbo a while, but he's turned around the talent. He's got the quarterback this year in Kellen Mond. What will happen? I don't think he's going to pop immediately because of some of the things you just alluded to. I think the young man might need to mature. Is the athletic ability there without question? Is he ready right away? There will be opportunity for him. I'm just not convinced he's ready maturity-wise to take advantage of that opportunity. But yes, he's someone who I like. He's clearly someone you have to watch. Yeah, and, and even after Mond, they have, I think, uh, what's his name, Haynes King already coming in, and then two more four-star quarterbacks and Eli Stowers and uh, one other kid. 
next year. So they've got three options to choose from as the heir to Kale in mind after this year. So I like his opportunity to break out either right away or easily in, in his second season once Osmond's gone as well. But that's all the time we have uh, today. John, it's, it's been a blast reconnecting, just uh, talking some college football and all these players that could break out and prove their NFL draft worth here this fall. And now, listeners, this may have been chock full of names that you didn't know. That's the point. We want to talk about some guys that, that haven't really made it just yet, but uh, some names to watch. Put them in your back pocket. Talk about them on, on a, a couple Saturdays upcoming. You sound smart with your buddies. But, uh, John, any, anything you want to plug that, that you've been working on uh, as far as fantasy football or real football analysis goes? Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, I, I had such a blast today talking with you, Travis. Thanks for having me on. But if you want to see my dynasty analysis, some of the players we were discussing, if you go to dynastydraftroom.com on YouTube, um, my partner there, Matt Elliott, and I do dynasty breakdowns of our top 10 wide receivers, top 10 running backs, top 10 quarterbacks. Check it out there. You can see what we think about the top prospects. That's where my dynasty work is for everyone to look at. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, John. And Definitely, of listeners, if, if you're not familiar, I mentioned that we are a Rotoviz podcast. I don't know if you're finding this on Rotoviz Radio or wherever you're finding it, but we've got a bunch of all these uh, you know college prospect breakdowns and a bunch of tools to, to dig into their production profiles and things like that on rotoviz.com. You can go to rotoviz.com and use the promo code 2020RVRADIO at checkout to get 10% off a Rotoviz subscription. But yeah, please leave a rate and review. Helps the show out. We're only 10 episodes in here at the College to Canton podcast. But any feedback is welcome. Want to, want to get better and, and keep on bringing it here uh, in an interesting way for you for fantasy football, but for some real football to get excited about. Covered breakouts for college this week, but we'll get into some NFL breakout candidates here in the very near future. But thanks for listening. And, and again, I look forward to many more episodes uh, of the College to Canton podcast and look forward to you guys joining me here soon. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.